This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Abramowitz, John Rojas talking New York City FC, Major League Soccer, and postseason playoff action, guys. A lot to get into. We're going to look at all the matchups, East and West. We're going to break down the play-in games and the quarterfinal games as all the lineups are set. But it was a wild decision day, and we're going to start with New York City FC and Chicago. We're going to go through this entire match, and there is a lot to get to. Six goals in the first half. New York City pulls away with a 4-3 win. Uh, Glenn, I was thinking about this earlier. I don't even really know where to begin with this matchup. Uh Chicago obviously needed to win to get into the playoffs. So we're, we're doing the broadcast. We're keeping an eye on all the other matchups that are taking place across the MLS because their last two spots in the Eastern Conference yeah, were up for yeah. grabs. And, I, I mean, there were teams in and out. We, we, you were watching the live standings. It was fun. It was fun. Things were shifting. Always fun. Throughout Decision the, throughout day the is fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. But from the New York City perspective, um, you like all the different goal scorers and I think a couple of great finishes. But – I think we have to start with the defense because there there were some major, major giveaways in this game and just some baffling plays defensively by New York City FC especially that, you know, going back and thinking about it, I can't remember a match where there were so many key turnovers and mistakes in the defensive end. And while New York City got the 4-3 win, um, it was just as much as the fact that Chicago also had some key mistakes defensively. This was a game, I think, um, you know, in – a lot of other ways or a lot of other opponents, there's no way they walk away with the win. But just from your perspective, um, we go over the, let's go start with the match and um, the, the defense and some of the mistakes that were made on that end of the field. Yeah, there is a lot to, to go over here. And, you know, I, I think it was less turnovers than it was just, you know, organization and communication and look, it's, it's standard stuff uh, on a service. It's man marking and if you're if you're going to pass a player, you have to communicate that. You have to cover the danger players. The danger players, for instance, Barrich standing all by himself at the top of the six yard line, mid six, with both uh, Collins and Cheneau out of the play. I'm not sure what Maxime Cheneau was doing, but he was ball watching. He was square to the ball. He wasn't opened up, so he could see what was going on. But I do know that Matarita stayed on his man wide while he watched Barrich standing by himself at the top of the six to nod one past Sean Johnson. And rudimentary defending in a zonal back four or in any situation is you slide and cover the danger player, period. End of story. 
And if we look at all three goals, never will I say one person is responsible for a goal because that's not the way it is in the game. Maybe a service could have been denied up the field. You know, there are so many factors that lead to a goal. But what happened in front of the goal uh, on three occasions on the Chicago scores was really, uh, well, what were the words we used? A shambolic, calamitous. Uh, and, and, you know, Ronald Batarito was in the midst of all of them, along with Collins and Cheneau. And Alexander Collins ends up getting pulled. How about oh, the opening minute of the game, right? Collins lets the ball slip under his boot. Barrich is in. And, he, and Chicago nearly goes up a goal, you know, before you even know it. And then, uh, you know, and then the game ends with uh, Navarro for Chicago, his giveaway to Castellanos, and there's the game winner. So you look at a 4-3 result, you go, wow, what a game. I, did, I didn't really feel that way at the end, although there were some really impressive attacking moments for New York City FC, some very good goals. Makai Steven was my favorite because just the way it was set up, Makai Steven into Castellanos, chests it down, holds it up. Medina passes, moves, accelerates, times his run in behind, dribbles the keeper, and from this hard angle gets the goal. You know, that's um, we've talked a lot about Gary Makai Steven, probably not so much in uh, the positive attacking framework that we had expected. And my time is up, according to. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City. All right. No, but you. <laughs> no, but the truth is, is there's yeah. there's a there's a there's ton so many to unpack in this game. There's a ton to unpack in this game, and yep. now they've got a couple of weeks to just settle things down at the back without Alexander Collins, which is another whole story, and we'll get to that soon. All right, um, who was, who's up? Tom, imagine, uh-huh. it, imagine. Hold on, just one second. Imagine. What will happen if Glenn and I did not speak half an hour about this before starting the show? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a five-hour podcast. All right, it's Roberto. Just, uh, I'm willing ahead, Roberto. to I'm willing to cede my time to the gentleman from New Jersey if he would like to continue. No, no I I think uh, I, I just want it, it. Just needs to be clear that defending that you know defending as a unit is. It, there were so many rudimentary things that just kind of and look. You know, New York City flew in the night before they spent the night there in a hotel. They got up, had breakfast together. You know, there was none of that, you know, traveling the day of. And, and you know, those things are difficult. The, and and uh, I'm sure a lot of teams did the same thing because MLS gives you permission. You have a, an afternoon game. You, you don't have to charter the day of the game. So I just I was just surprised how it started because they were really uh, Chicago had to play at the beginning. And then after going up three one, what happened was. Uh, was really ridiculous, but that's the way Ronnie Dyla felt too, because he made a pretty substantial change at the uh, at the interval. Well, p- part of the I think part of the reason of the change is the fact that Alexander Callens is going to be with the na- with the national team of Peru, and he wanted to get Ibeaga. Uh, some time with Chano and yeah, Madrid. Well, say that, yeah. So um, I-, I understand that the change from that perspective, obviously. When he made it, I was a little bit bewildered myself. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it makes sense to do that uh, because I think that singling one game, one player out for everything that had it happened, I think would have been uh, quite unfair. I mean, because there's, as you said, there's blame to go all around. I think that the only guy who basically saved himself on any of those was probably Tinnerholm. But uh, aside from that, I mean, all the other guys had some part to play in in the defending you know things got cleaned up in the second half team wise defensive wise uh 
And uh, it was a more straightforward second half, you know, not six goals in 45 minutes, which sort of like didn't help my voice at all, mind you. And um, it was, you know, they came out at the end of the day. You look at it. They were able to get four goals. They got 13 goals in their last four games now. Things seem to be cooking offensively. I think that what we're seeing is a lot better finishing from the team. Because throughout the season, chances have been created. It's just putting those chances away that has been a problem for New York City FC. And now we're seeing guys like uh, Gary Mackay Stevens scoring two consecutive games. Obviously, you've seen the, the major improvement in Tati Castellanos getting much better shots. He had one that was off the post that uh, had the, the goal vibrating for the next five minutes. So... The team itself is creating and now being more effective shooting on goal. And you want to see that from obviously from New York City FC. So from that perspective, things are getting better. Um, defensively, don't, don't, leave, uh, don't leave Medina out of your... No, no, I don't want to leave Medina no, no, hold out on, of it because it's, every, it's everybody. Medina has been a key to all of this. He's No, but I, I do want to make a point on that. The shot that Medina okay. scored on um, yes. yesterday was uh, was a shot that he's missed often uh, throughout his time with New York City FC, where he's been clear. He's just had to stroke the ball. He sliced it beautifully. How many times has he hit it right at the keeper in that same spot? Yeah. You know, and I just think, uh, you know, he's grown. He hit it with the outside of his foot, like we like to say in Spanish, tres dedos, or with chamfle, if you want to learn uh, a couple of uh, new words, even though, even though uh, John, I could see him going no, but that, that's the words. That's the wording we Not use in Mexico, same. by the way. Two you can use things. in Colombia other words. I have to look. I have to go back but, and look. No, you say he used the outside of his. Yeah, foot? the ball exactly. curved to the outside. No, no, he sliced it. He didn't use the outside of his foot to slice it, did he? No, no. he sliced it with his uh, with his instep. Really? Which way did the ball go? Well, it went from right to left. He sliced it, but you sliced it. Went it went right to left. Yeah, he's, he's left-footed. How do you slice that going nah, he, outside with the inside of your foot? Yeah, yeah. He hit it with the outside. With the no, he hit it with the outside of his foot. Yeah. All right, I've got to look back at it. No, you Absolutely. can slice a ball Again, with your instep. You can slice a ball with your instep. To, to the opposite side? No. Yes. So, you, yes. You slice the ball. Do you if see? You when, can, if, just listen to me for one second. Sean Johnson, when he, when he sidewinds those punts, you know, from – Outside, you know, he'll he'll take it and he'll sidewind a punt. Do you notice how the ball slices? Are you he's talking about his, like when you hit it with a with with the top of your foot and the ball goes? You're hitting it with the top of your foot. That well, the oh, top, the instep. Yeah, the instep. Okay. You know, you yeah, you. I, I well, anyway, we we, oh, we don't well, need to argue that. Yeah, point. we can go back and watch. But let's bring John Rojas in. And John, uh, I was thinking about you a lot during our broadcast. I'm look and, at that. And my first thought and my first question to you is, is it more concerning some of the individual mistakes that Glenn was talking about defensively in the organization or the fact in the manner in which the goals were scored? And what I mean is to give up a goal a minute after you score a goal and then to give up two goals in a 10 minute span where you should really just have the game put away uh, in, in the fashion in which it was allowed. What was more concerning to you? And they had the chances to put it away. Yeah, no, the concern, the concerning is, the miscommunication, I mean, at some point during the game, I tweeted out in Spanish, I mean, it, it looks like this back line is playing for the first time in their lives together, which is not true, <laughs> of course. But that was what it looks like. I mean, he, like Chanel and Collins, I've mm -hmm. never seen them play worse together. I think right. that was their worst game together that we've right. ever seen. The whole line, I mean, they're bumping into each other. They're not covering the spaces. They're sleeping on the spaces open. 
it's, it's just too many mistakes that are coming out of a lack of communication and, and that is concerning. But that was the most MLS game of the MLS games during the weekend. <laughs> I mean, you miss some sure. <laughs> you meet you miss some chances, right? The the team that the, the, the lead goal is from a center back, then um, you stand the league, uh, you lose a healthy lead because of mistakes, and then you win the game because another mistake. So it's just uh, it was bizarre. It, it was bizarre. Uh, of course, there's the good things there from the midfield up, all the movement and and the quality of the ball that Maxi is putting out there, and all the hard work that Tati is putting out there, and getting reward by that is is really really good. But it's very concerning the lack of communication on the back. And Roberto was talking about that how. Um, Callens call up to the national team influence influence that uh, substitution. But if the game is uh, one nothing New York City, and they're working perfectly on the back, he's not coming out of the game. So you know, it's coming I'm not out. too sure. I'm not too sure. No, he no. needed to give you a bit of time. No, no. Maybe he no. doesn't take him out at halftime, but he takes him out at some point because risk, he wanted to give you a bit of time. You don't risk the game that you have in your hand. Because you're thinking on the one that is coming next. I agree. Right. I mean, you've got a home, you've got home field advantage at stake here. You, you have exactly. no idea how the other game's going to end. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the thing is, the thing is but that, there, he but at the end of the day, the conclusion, right? He yeah. got to the conclusion. I mean, this is not working. They are not working well today. Right, I right. need to make a change so they feel that we notice what is happening in there, right? Now comes the other element. Okay, so who I should take out? All right, I'm not going to blame the guy. I'm not saying he is, right, the responsible of all the defensive situation. But since I need, I won't have him for the next game, then let's take him out. We make the statement for the game and give the other guy a couple of minutes. And that makes sense. That makes sense. But that makes sense in the picture of, the result of the game there in the moment. So if going back to what you're saying, if Dome is going to make Dome, sorry, if um, Ronnie is going to make a change, <laughs> okay, if he's going to make a change at halftime because he doesn't like what he's seeing, then the, then the, then the change he's got to make is goody for Ronald, for Ronald Matarrita. That's well, a change he's got to make. Maybe, but listen, I, I bet you whatever amount of money that you want, that if you ask Ronnie Dyla, let's put the game in a regular situation, right? In a regular score, and you don't have collapse. You don't have to think about who is missing the next game. Who you subs? And he will say, if I can, I take the four of them out right away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it was a basketball game, you do that. I've seen coaches definitely no, 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 do I'm stuff talking, like that. I'm talking football. No, I understand that. But right. still, I understand that. Next time we interview Ronnie, he's going to describe that game as a basketball game. You know how he has said before, <laughs> I don't like a basketball oh, yeah. game. So, yeah. Well, and Glenn, you know, the thing, and, and to your point and to what everybody else has said so far, um, just about the lack of communication offensively, we, when you think about Chicago and the, the team coming in, this, this isn't LAFC or a few other teams that have a ton of dynamic weapons and you're trying to figure out who you have to contain and where you could potentially see some, some teams like that giving back for us a lot of trouble. This was 
Chicago. And while they have some good players, Barrett's just the one guy you have to focus on. He's 6'2", he's in the middle, and he scored 11 goals. So that's the guy you circle, and that's the guy that was left open for the first goal, and he was wide open. So that makes it even a little bit more baffling that the team really did struggle to communicate on, on a defensive end. But if you look at that, I, I, I've, I've looked back at that. I've wanted to watch it several times just to make sure that, you know, I'm seeing it clearly. But the picture to me is Matarita, after the goal is scored, pointing towards Barrich, who's by himself, when he should have slid over and picked him up. I just, you know, and I, you know, it, it was momentary. I, he's not pointing fingers and saying, hey, where were you? Why weren't you there? But he was, yeah, he's open. Yeah, he's open. Slide in and cover him. Run. <laughs> it is defending 101, gentlemen, defending 101 that you slide and cover Space. the danger player. The danger player is the one that's standing in front of the goal. And I'll tell you what, if Matarita slides and covers Barrich and they serve the ball to the back post and Frankowski scores it first time, then applause to Frankowski. Matarita still did the right thing. Or even if Barrich wins that duel on the air and because he is capable of. Yeah. But you're doing your job. You'll be in there. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then again, the other part, going back to the same thing, we, we're talking circles right here, is the communication because if – the play is long enough for the other two defenders in the box to see that Matarita is not covering the space. He's not running to cover the danger on my back. So I shoot point at him. Come on, get here. It was yeah. where the, the, the play was long. That enough. could come. That could come from Sean Johnson too. I I, I don't I don't know who is. I don't know if anyone communicated in the first half. I really don't. Maybe Sean. Sean is generally very good. I mean, we hear him. More specifically, during set pieces, corner kicks, you know, you can hear him uh, uh, giving instruction, but you just wonder. But you, you, we can't really tell. We can't really tell. And uh, it, look, it's there's time to. I'm sh they're going to look at that. They're going to talk about it, and uh, you know, and things calm down in the second half. Ibiaga was pretty good. You know, he's a good defender. You know, and that's what you needed in that spot. Well, let's let's turn. Turn to the positive, guys, which was the offense, and Roberto alluded to it, uh, the four goals, uh, now the team, the four-game winning streak coming into the playoffs, so they've outscored their opponents, I believe, 13-4 to four over the last four matches as we head into postseason play, and Roberto, look, you want as many guys as possible with confidence on the offensive end headed into the playoffs, and we're starting to see Mikai Steven with a little more confidence. I think that was the best goal that I've seen Medina score in a New York City uniform, the way he took that shot. And to Glenn's point before, he's missed a lot of those opportunities. That was a heck of a finish, no matter how he hit it. And with whatever foot he hit it with, we'll have to go back and watch the tape to figure that out. But that was a great finish. Uh, the team has not been super successful in corner kick set pieces, and that's how they got the first goal after really getting outplayed for the first 15 minutes of the match. And, you know, the last goal was a gift from Navarro, but Castellano still had to put it away. So you have to like what you've seen over the last four games in terms of what this team's been able to do offensively. Absolutely. I mean, you, you've got to love it. And not all the teams were easy, mind you. I mean, the Red Bulls are, look what they did to Toronto. So they beat them to nothing uh, uh, yesterday. And then New York City was able to get five past them. So, you know, it's not just uh, that it's all been very, very already. <laughs> John is waving an hourglass at me and I just started talking. I, am I on a word it's just, count? It's just here? a warning. Is this, is this I'm, a deal? It's just a warning. It's just a, it's a yellow up. light. It's a I'm yellow light. A, a yellow light. I didn't know I had a word count, especially with a guy from Jersey just never shutting up. But OK, fine. There's another Either story way. from a guy from Jersey related to this 
decision day. Go ahead. Yes. But anyway, going back, offensively, the team, and, and I said it when we started the, the podcast, was uh, offensively, the team continues to create a lot of chances, but now they're putting all these chances away. So we're seeing a lot of what they were doing early. We're seeing him do it better, and we're for sure seeing them finish goals better. And although you would love to have, you know, somebody who is a 20, 25 goal, a guy, you know, a year guy, which the team doesn't have right now, you do like the fact that you got to watch everybody on this team because everybody is scoring. So you're getting goals from Medina. Now you're getting goals from Gary Mackay, Steven. Obviously, you're starting to get goals from Castellano. To Drew Schrotty, you know that he's going to be dangerous around the net. Morales can score. Tinner home, obviously. You, you've you got uh, four goals already from... Um, I'm, I'm worried about Tinner home. He, he's slumping. He yeah, he's slumping. <laughs> you're you're what used to be your leading scorer on the team. You're right back. Yeah. So um, that if you're Orlando... You can't say, hey, let me stop this one guy and we'll go from there. As Toronto tried to do when they said, hey, who, are we, who do we identify as a guy who makes that offense go? Hey, did you see that right back? Let's target him. And that's what they did. But uh, other, other players can beat you and other players can beat you and beat you often. So, you know, New York in a one-shot game, right, which I think over a seven-game series, which you have in other sports, obviously it tells a better story. Soccer isn't, isn't that way. You don't even get home and home here. So in a one-shot game, if there's nothing unusual that happens, like a red card or an injury or something like that, you would think New York City, New York City has a good chance, but you never know what's going to happen on a, on a one-off game on somebody else's field. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. No, the one-off game. So they're in Orlando City. I was just, I was just reading something. I hadn't, I hadn't seen this. Andre Blake uh, for Philadelphia. Congratulations in order, right, for uh, the union. Jim Curtin for what? Porter Shield. He has a fractured right hand. Uh, yes, he does. From yeah, October two, 30. two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't know that it was, uh, it was going to possibly keep him out for the playoffs. And now they're saying he might return. And I, I didn't think it was uh, it was one of those uh, kind of fractures that was going to keep him out a long time. Joe Bendick, oof. Uh, but He's it was not the Matt Fries. Matt Fries started uh, yesterday. He'll get the nod. There's no way Bendick will be in goal. It's not possible. Right. Fries got the shutout last uh, yesterday. I think he only had to make one save. But um, from everything that I've read about that game, because I didn't get a chance to see it, uh, he made the defense a lot more secure. And I think that they felt a lot better. And and Bendick, the game before, didn't exactly have a uh, a great game. So they went to Fries and uh, looks like uh, Mr. Fries is going to uh, get a chance in the playoffs. <laughs> And they got the chance to raise the Captain America's shield. Yes. That's right. Your supporter shield winners. Congratulations to Philadelphia Union. All right, guys, no, let's they get it. They were hey, winners but, uh, of the Captain America's shield. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> really? Do you know the story? I don't know the story, but it certainly looked like Captain America's shield. <laughs> right. So the supporter shield, the supporter's shield trophy did not get on time to Philadelphia, to Subaru Park. That's oh, the name wow. of the stadium, right? Yeah, Subaru, yeah. Even though, even though um, Jonathan Tana once uh, tweeted 
yesterday during the game that the trophy that he was being told that the trophy was in the stadium and ready to be presented to the team. Well, the truth is, or ended up being happening, that the trophy never get there on time. <laughs> it, was, it was coming from LA and it never got on time. And they were looking for you know, ways to replace it because they wanted the team to raise a trophy. So, <laughs> so they got a guy from Medford, New Jersey. That's when the New Jersey come in the story. A guy from Medford, New Jersey, who is related, I think is the boyfriend, partner, something, from the uh, one of the one of the bosses or one of the managers of the website. And um, he has a professional custom, a professional Captain America custom. So it's a real custom. And the shield is big, heavy, you know, uh, silver. So when they turn the Captain America shield into looking as the supporter shield. <laughs> and they raise this shield. So that's uh, the trophy they won. That is so, so, so it's not made out of vibranium then? It wasn't the Vibranium Shield? Maybe not. All right. Well, congratulations to Philadelphia. They are your supporter shield winner. So Jim Curtin and uh, the squad, props to them, Eastern Conference regular season and supporter shield winners. So we know they have a bye. And the playoff bracket, guys, is set on both sides. And let's start with the Eastern Conference. Let's start with New York City. And we didn't know till the very end where this team was going, and it is to Orlando, and they're going down to Orlando. The last matchup, a 1-1 draw. Uh, when you look back at that one, New York City really dominated the stats. They outshot Orlando 18-9. to Possession, they had a big edge. Uh, it was a 1-1 game, both goals in the first half. Uh, these two teams have met quite a bit over the years since both coming into the league in 2015. Uh, Glenn, your thoughts first about going down to take on Orlando in the, the quarterfinals. I, I think it's a decent matchup for New York City FC as long as they, uh, you know, batten down the hatches there at the back. But, uh, you know, I think Orlando City, you know, and anybody that New York City uh, plays against now, they've, they've got to deal with a, an enhanced, more confident attacking team. When Matarita and Tinnerholm uh, two of the best attacking fullbacks in the league are engaged. And now you've got Castellanos. Uh, Roberto talked about Mackay Steven is producing. Medina is confident. Shradi is going to be at the, uh, now he's your weapon off the bench. I'm sure he's going to go with the exact same 11. And you've got a weapon off the bench now, which you didn't have uh, earlier, whether it was Shradi down or Castellanos down. Uh, so, um, or when uh, Matriza uh, transferred. So, you know, there's. Uh, I think Orlando City has to contend, uh, and without their goalkeeper, probably Galese. So you've got uh, Collins on the New York City side and Galese on the uh, in goal for Orlando City. And that's pretty huge. Brian Rose a good goalkeeper, but uh, Galese's had a fantastic year. But they're both going to be away with Peru, we would figure, and uh, due to MLS uh, quarantine mandates, when they return, you know, neither one of them are. Sebastian Mendes is Sebastian Mendes. Okay. The midfielder is yeah. uh, he is with Ecuador. So, but that's less of a factor than Galese. So, I mean, if you oh, take all those uh, in, into play, you know, Galese might be the biggest loss. Certainly Collins is a loss. But like I said, you know, Ibiaga is a good, he's a good defender. He just doesn't have the feet 
of, of Collins and Collins, you know, one thing we get, he scored a great goal. Yeah. I mean, good corner kick goal, man, you know, beat his man to the spot, kind of powered it in. And, you know, that's, we, we wish we'd seen more of those along with Chano over the years, but um, you know, they're going to miss some of that too. Ibiaga is not an attacking player. No, it's not his forte per se, but that's not what they want him there for. Right. I mean, they're going to have other players for that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brian Rowan goal, I, what I recall that game, uh, Tom, that one, one match. I mean, he had, he had a couple of really good saves. The one I remember mostly is Castellanos uh, had a, had a header that uh, Roe made a tremendous save on. And that's back when Castellanos was still trying to find his way and find some goals. That was about a month ago. So uh, I like the matchup. I like it better than going to Mopfrey against Columbus, quite, quite honestly, because Zella Ryan, he, he did some, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that could do more damage, I think, than any single Orlando City player. Personal opinion. Uh, you know, you, you look at the game and you look what happened to Orlando yesterday. I mean, they had that game one against Nashville and they wound up allowing, uh, you know, two goals there at the end of the game against a team that is not exactly, you know, very strong offensively. It's a team that bases itself on defense and they were able to to react late in the game and actually even get a winner in stoppage time. And that really wound up affecting Orlando because they had uh home field against uh, probably an easier opponent than uh, than having to deal now with New York City FC. I don't think there's really any team that looks down at all the teams that are left in the playoffs, and I'm talking about the guys that are above New York City, and they go, I don't think I really want to play them. I mean, it's a hard, New York City's a hard out. Yes, they have a history of maybe not succeeding in the playoffs, but that still doesn't mean that teams really you know, are looking forward to facing them. Because when everything is right, I mean, this is a, you know, this might be the strongest team in the league still, even with all the players that they're missing. Yeah, there's one thing that, uh, I mean, is related with what happened yesterday with Orlando. Um, They were winning 2-0 and they ended up losing that game. And it's something that uh, I may know, I may not agree that much with Oscar Pareja and the New York City as he may take advantage of it it is um he likes the football in a way that is so propositive and offensive that sometimes he doesn't care when it comes to hold a lead and close the game down and do whatever it takes you know to avoid giving chances and giving opportunities to the opposition to get back on the game i mean he is winning the game and he wants more so the team's goals and goals and goals and goes forward. And that, of course, leaves spaces behind. When you go forward, it's normal that you, you know, expose yourself. And I think that's something that New York City can take advantage of if they uh, manage the tempo of this game, you know, and at some point they can always look for spaces uh, when Orlando is just keep trying to be themselves and be always up front, always in the, you know, in the attack mode. Yeah. And Cassiano's is, uh, he can damage you on the counter, you know, which he's now, he's now starting to become that sort of uh, counterattacking force. And yeah, that's, that's where New York city, you can, they, they can build in the attack. They can counter quickly, but I'll tell you what, I remember who on the, the, their fullback. He scares me, man. 
I just remember him dancing around Goody like uh, Goody was standing still, and and then uh, Chris Mueller scoring. I mean, there's <clears throat> that's a pretty good attacking set. DK has had an unbelievable year. Nani, uh, Mueller, and then what they're getting out of uh, Huan on that right side. Um, who in the midfield? So is is everyone healthy for Orlando City? I mean, I, I recognize the game's not for a couple of weeks, but um, are are they good to go? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Urso Perea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. Yeah, he they they have this lineup, you know, going strong for the last five games. So you can basically can you know relate to that eleven uh out of your mind. They're always playing the same kind of, of, of team and the same formation. Of course they tweak here and there, but uh they actually play row. Uh, already for Galese used to give Ro some some time. Ro played against the uh, New York City FC. Correct. He uh, was a bully, and he right. actually had a pretty good game. Yeah. So you weren't you obviously weren't listening to my comments earlier. So now Tom, we're under we understand that Roberto turns <laughs> tunes out when I talk. Well, I talked about how. No, yeah. I'm just adding. No, 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 no. I'm just adding. Very much like New York City's thing. communication yesterday. Yeah, we're we're not we're not I and we're the way I'm looking at it. We're both on the right side of the screen here, so you're not really, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe you should work on your happening. delivery and they're, make it more engaging. They're two your two center backs, uh, Tom. <laughs> Just Miller's gonna have a field day. <laughs> and, and they have actually, for me, one of the best center backs in the league this year, Antonio Carlos. I know you like Carlos, and did you vote yeah. for? Uh, I did vote. To, I voted Tinnerholm uh, is my defender of the year. Just so everybody you, knows. You want to go into that? You want to open my Bible? I, I don't have. I actually, I don't have my selections handy, but uh, I do know I picked Tinnerholm. What do you know? Defender? Yeah. Yes, Tinnerholm. Correct. I have no problem with yeah. that. There's going to be a lot of people voting for Walter Zimmerman as well, but uh, uh, Tinnerholm for me too. Yeah. Well, John, John doesn't goalkeeper? have Zimmerman uh, ahead of uh, Carlos. Go ahead, John. No goalkeeper. Galese. I'm trying to think uh, who I went with. Uh, I got a key. I think I went with Andre Blake. To be honest with you. Mm, yeah, no, he's he's good too. But for your surprise, I gave Johnson the second vote. There not, you go. It's not that surprising. I, I'm I'm not surprised. Good, good to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so did uh, how about uh, comeback player of the year? I which I. That list was pretty interesting, but I did give it a BWP. I mean, you know. That was my second vote, yes. Nies Gola was the first one for me. Nies Gola, yeah. He's, I like him, man. He could play on my team. Mm-hmm. In fact, if we, if we start again. that team, if we start a new team, didn't we talk about starting a new team somewhere in this podcast, or was that before no, we No, you and me. Yeah. Oh, that was you and me? <laughs> <laughs> you see, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I'll Boy. put him up, up top without any issues. Had any issues? You like him, huh? Robert Berich is my number nine. All right, Berich so has had nine? a pretty good season. He's pretty solid. Yeah. So yeah. here's my eleven: Galese, okay, Tinnerholm, Antonio Carlos, Segura, Milton Valenzuela, Joao Pablo Eduardo Pavon Lodeiro, Diego Rossi, and Robert Berich. And now I recall that we did this in the last podcast. Yes, we did. But it's good to hear it again. Not everybody who heard the last podcast is tuning into this one. That is yeah. true. That is true. And let me ask. Let me ask me. you guys about the other. Let's talk about the playing games for a minute because they're intriguing. 
You have New England and Montreal. Montreal with a big win over DC United to get in. And Nashville taking on Inter-Miami. So congratulations, first of all, to Nashville and Inter-Miami. First year in the league. And they are both in the playoffs. Roberto, what do you think about those matchups? And they're uh, they're pretty other. good. I'm thrilled and intrigued to see the two new teams having to face each other uh, and, and go at it. And especially because you've got a lot of star power on one team. And then you have a very organized, solid defensive team on the other side. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting playoff uh, uh, dichotomy over there that uh, you have really almost opposites. And we're going to see which one wins out over there. That, that's the one that intrigues me the most. Of the playing games? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I there's mean, only two. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's 50 50. So you're not you're not more intrigued with New England at Montreal. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that again? No, oh, New England's home for that, right? Yeah, they're, yes, they're, they're are. hosting at yes. Gillette. Oh, boy. OK, well, Montreal so, wouldn't be at home anyways. So no, that's they true. would be at Red Bull Arena. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I pulled the American thing there for a second because I saw New England listed first and then Montreal second. So I thought I, I went with Montreal at home. Yeah. Like they do in every <laughs> other sport here in the States. Jesus Christ, coach. I, I know. Uh, listen, I, I screwed up. Listen, I, screwed, um, I, I, really, I, I really believe in Montreal for that game. I mean, New England is getting back uh, Hill, who is playing uh, in, in, a, in a progression the last couple of games. And they're pushing to get um, Gustavo Bo feed too for that game. And of course, you know, the coaching staff is one of the most experienced coaching staffs. But, but I like the spirit that Montreal is, is the fire that they're building. I mean, yesterday they were out for 80 minutes and they came back and they won that game. And, and they have a, a guy in Romel Kyoto who is, you know, he rebirthed by by this uh, side, the uh, the, the um, talks, the uh, advices, and the screams of of Thierry Henry, and he's playing as you know his best game as ever. Wanjama is playing really good again. Uh, uh, Bojan is scoring goals, and it's a team that has nothing to lose. You know, I mean. They're suffering that much, and they're being out of their homes, and they're uh, that whatever whatever happens is is a victory for them. And those kind of of of, of teams are, are really dangerous because you know they go all for it, all, all in in ninety minutes period, and that's history for them. I, I saw uh, something. I, I don't remember where I read it today, but did. Montreal again had the option to go home and come back again. I think is that correct? And um, it just said that the, it was Henri's decision not to do it this time. But it was disastrous the last time they did it. Remember they played what? New York City FC. Correct. That's why. And I- now this is a game to get them into the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I was it a big was it a deal? Were the were the players lobbying for it or something? I don't understand why it even came up. No, no, no. It's just because the amount of time that they have between now and the next game. And having in consideration the situation that they're living in, as well as it happens the last time, they have a little break. Uh, remember, they were playing uh, weekend, midweek, weekend. Yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. All of a sudden, 
they uh, had a weekend off. So they had like 12 days and they decided, okay, let's, you know, let's go for four days and come back. No, I remember. I remember. So, so now, this thing I, so this thing I read just, today is more, is about this break now. Is that that's yes. what it was referring to? Okay. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you guys this. What do you think about the other quarterfinal matchup? Anybody giving the Red Bulls a chance at Columbus? Why not? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Red Bulls win. There's, there's two, no, well, they're going to have a chance. It's 50-50, which is impressive, being Columbus, you know, and being Columbus at home. But the thing with me is... You don't think Columbus is a favorite at home? Not today. Not with the game, the kind of game that they're playing the last three games. And when you come into the playoffs, I know it's a totally different uh, experience, a totally different competition. Uh, but the confidence and 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 the manners that you came in, it carries on sometimes. And I don't see Columbus confident. I don't see Columbus playing their best game. I mean, they're they're a lot better than what they're showing the last three games. So wait, Glenn said he would. He's thinks the matchup at Orlando is better for New York City than having to go to Columbus. Would you disagree with that? Uh, yeah. That'd be a yes. Yes. In today's, today's kind of game, the thing is, it, it made me doubt the, the, the way uh, Orlando play this weekend. And not, not the way they play, but the way they let that game go out of their hands. Because for me, and that's why I, I, I said that about uh, what I don't like about Oscar so much. It's because this is a constant with his teams. Remember the SC Dallas, the beautiful game that they play? The, you know, Joe dropping football that everybody wanted to win something. And they always fell at the last minute, at the, in the last game, the most important game. And we always say, well, they're young and they're, you know, yes, but the problem it's not only the age, it's the way you manage those games. And sometimes you need ugly tactics at the end of the games if you want to win. You know, throw the ball to the next city, uh, foul, waste some time, you know, uh, talk to the referee a little bit so you get into that situation of wasting time here and there, no? And, and Oscar, and, and listen, this is, I don't even know, the, the, I'm dealing internally with this because it's not, how come... You criticize someone that loves the game so much that wanted open and clean and attacking, you know? Yeah. It looks, it looks yeah. crazy. But at the end of the day, you want results, right? Want I mean, results. and I agree exactly. with you. I, I understand. And you would hope that being able to play in that manner would give you those results and that you didn't have to bunker, foul, exaggerate fouls, injuries, and going into all of that stuff that we call anti-football right. that makes the game bad, right? That we don't like about the game. You would want to see that succeed. Except the, you yeah. just don't want to see it succeed <laughs> on Saturday, November 21st at noon. That's what the, uh, that's what the criticism, the oft-criticized Arsene Wenger. Remember, he was. I think he was mostly criticized for building a lead and not changing, you know, and continuing to attack and continuing to get numbers forward. So it really reminds me of that because the game, how the game was played was almost more important than the result of this guy. And the thing that I'm curious about is one thing is telling those youngsters in Dallas 
listen, it's okay. What matters is the process. You're learning, you're getting there, you're playing beautiful football. You know, you're going to grow up, you're going to go big in this. And another thing is getting into a locker room with Nani frustrated because he was uh, in a big lead and lost it. You know, those yeah. kind of players with that kind of experience knows that the 10 last minutes are yours to take it and put it into your bag. But doesn't it, it, it's also up to the individual players to recognize situations too, I think. I mean, you know, it's, you know what's going on. You could still have the, the thought that, look, we still want to get one more, and then that really seals this thing. And we don't, want to, we don't necessarily want to go into an, an ugly ending to the game. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that's, that's uh, and it's 12 noon Eastern on November 21st at Orlando City. And uh, both those matches will be on the radio. Although you wouldn't know it from the uh, press release today, but hopefully that'll uh, <gasps> hopefully that <laughs> hopefully we'll, we'll be engaged at some point with that. But that's right, we're announcing it here, eleven forty-five uh, Eastern AM. Nice little morning. I'll still be drinking some coffee then, right? I've got my uh, French roast tonight. My uh, my French press French roast, uh, Roberto. So I know you like it when I very fan. Hey, real quick, guys, and we'll have time on next week's episode to really break these matches down. But let's just talk about the Western Conference for a minute because John Rojas, to me, this is wide open, uh, and some of these matchups are really intriguing. You got Sporting KC hosting San Jose. How about San Jose making the playoffs? This is a team that looked like they might not be in MLS after MLS is back as tournament. Like they were going to pack it in for the rest of the year. Congratulations. San Jose, they are in the playoffs. You got Minnesota and Colorado. Portland hosting FC Dallas. Those two teams have had some great battles in the playoffs over the years. And how about this matchup for 2-7? Seattle against LAFC. Um, John, to me, this, you know, there's obviously favorites, but it, to me it looks pretty wide open in the West. It is. It is. Uh, I mean, you may think that Portland has a real a hand, right, against FC Dallas. Uh, just because Portland is a, is a team that is well-rounded, well-constructed, and I see that as, I think, still under construction because, you know, the process there is, is as a philosophy has a lot of years, but under Lucci, they're still adapting to, you know, things here and there. But other than that, it's very even. I mean, Sporting Kansas City in San Jose, I don't want San Jose in any game that is a one-on, a one-off, do or die. I don't want San Jose in one game as an opponent. Never, ever, <laughs> never, never. So, you know, it's really tough for them. And then when it comes to Seattle and, and LAFC, LAFC is losing four players. Four important players, not only four players. You know, when you're talking about Rossi, of course, the youngest uh, golden boot in MLS history. When you're talking about uh, Rodriguez, the other winger, when you're talking about the two Ecuadorians, that are both, the four of them are with the national teams, they're starting 11. And then Seattle, even though they're losing, two, they're having two players out for national team, it's very possible that they can count with Raul Ruiz Diaz for that game. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. if he comes in and his test, when he comes in, is negative, he can join the team right away. Yep. That's because he had COVID already. Exactly. Yep. So under the protocol, he has the antibodies and he can join the team. 
So, well, so we talked about this earlier. We, right. So we talked about this earlier. Uh, I don't know if, and uh, I don't know if we did it here on the podcast. I just remember talking about it earlier with all of you. <laughs> is the the fact that, for instance, in New York now they've changed uh, the the quarantine. Correct. And so now you have to. Before it was eleven days, no matter what. So now they've changed. No, before it, it were fourteen days. Oh, 14 days. Sorry. Yes. So now they've changed it to you get a test before you leave. And if it's negative, wherever you're for wherever you're coming from, you get a test before you leave. You bring it in and that's negative. So that's good. And then three days later, after arriving in New York, you have to take a second test. If that test is negative as well, you're done. You're free. So I'm wondering is th if that's changing. I mean, in New York has really been. And it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, right? Have really been the leaders in this entire country on how to fight COVID. Although every place is experiencing a little bit of a spike now, some places more than other, and New York is one of them. That if MLS doesn't modify what it what the rules are for players to get back before, uh, you know, before next week, so everybody's got basically can play under the same rules. Uh, well, they're all under the same rules. No, I know that, but to modify it to give everybody a chance to come in no, because no. if they feel that the new, the, based on new information about the disease, if this is considered to be safe, then why are we still doing what we were doing in April or, or in July? Let me ask when, when, it, uh, when, when, when that was fine because based on what we knew then. But remember but when, when uh, John, so, mm -hmm. uh, you guys, remember when, um, so before they went down to Orlando for the MLS's back tournament, actually before it was even decided how the season was going to progress, different parts of the country were recovering uh, from COVID at different times, but MLS wouldn't allow teams to move ahead and train as a team because they didn't want, they didn't want any of the units gaining an advantage. So my, my point there, and I, I have no idea if this correlates, but I'm going to put it out there. You know, a local health uh, officials say, okay, the mandate is different now in New York when you come back, but local health officials, maybe in some other state uh, are, are not, you know, are not as lenient or uh, lenient's the wrong word. Uh, so there could be an unbalance like New York city could get Collins back, but then uh, LAFC couldn't get any of their players back because California, they can't even play. They can't even compete in youth sports yet outside. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if that's the reason why they might not make no. that adjustment. I mean, the, the reason is that it, it is an MLS protocol. So, they uh, even though they are traveling and playing on their markets, there's still, quote-unquote, a bubble. You know, it's a protocol. That's why you cannot, for example, get, and you, we mentioned it here, players from USL or frame for the academy, see they're training in a different location because they had to be in that bubble quarantine. Mm -hmm. That's why, um, that's why Dom, uh, Dom Kinnear couldn't have any assistance on the bench. Right. Yeah. Because they were not part of the MLS bubble. You need to quarantine and test. So I don't know what Roberto is, is, you know, pretending to happen, but they have in one set of rules for everybody. Everybody comes in nine days of quarantine. So even, you know, the, the, the local, the authority, the local uh, laws and regulations 
are more for the effect of letting the players go on international duty or being able to uh, avoid those travels with so, FIFA, but not, but not related to MLS. So let me, let, let me make myself a little bit clearer here based on your explanation and your understanding of what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that we have to go by, well, you know, obviously MLS has their own protocols and that's all MLS teams are following. What I'm saying is that based on the new evidence and what states that have handled the COVID outbreak better than others are changing the way that they handle that, if that's going to influence MLS to modify their rules to make it a shorter quarantine and possibly these players coming back. I'm not saying that it's state by state or team by team. I'm saying that MLS might be influenced, and it's interesting to see if they will be, to maybe modify these rules so players can get back and play if, they, if they're able to get you know, two negatives per se. And then also we've got to remember that the Seattle LAFC game, that game is going to be on Tuesday, November 24th. So that's three days more. I don't know if that's still. No, because the, um, the last game, the last game uh, on Conmebol is the 17. And the 17. Okay. So that's not going to affect us only seven days. But mm -hmm. again, if MLS modifies the entire rule based on all the new information that we're getting, then that would happen. But if they don't, then they can't play. And that's that. And it would be a shame for all these teams, you know, to be able to not to count with their best players. At the same time, the most important thing is for people to be safe. Oh, yes, exactly. It does the thing. I mean, you cannot uh, see what is happening in some places that are managing this in a, in a better way or having a better recovery and change the set of rules for everybody because in other places is not the case. So... You know? No, I mean, there, there are some places where the rules are ridiculous and there's no quarantine and there's no nothing. And I mean, I'm not saying follow that because they're showing terrible spikes and high incidences of COVID. That's not what we're looking for. But we're looking for somebody who says, hey, you know, like it, like in New York, that can change things, but only if it's still safe. And we don't know. MLS just might decide and probably, you know, just as we're not changing anything. And these are going to be the rules for the rest of the season. And that's that. And even, and even the players, I mean, the players are, you know, concerned or even uh, they're not happy in the sense of they're seeing their national teammates and national team players going out of the international duty and playing the very next day. Every else in the world. Yeah. Europe, South America, you know, they're just leaving the national team camp and playing the next game the next day yeah. with their teams. Not here, but well, at the same time, they're explaining, you know, clubs and, and the league is explaining to these players, listen, this is for the well-being of you, your family and everybody else. Right. So, so if, Collins, if Collins comes back on the 18th, you count nine days. So 24. He, he'd be the 27th 27th. would be his first day. He'd be able to train one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. And, and then they would play on the 29th if they were. Fortunate enough to advance past Orlando City. Right. So here are the, the possible absence for, for that first round and, and the plane. So Orlando is losing Galese and Mendes, New York City, Callens, Red Bulls, Cáceres and Kaku, Nashville, Leal, uh, Montreal, Raitala and Wanjama, Inter Miami, Pizarro and Powell. On the west, 
Uh, Raul Ridias, if he comes in with a negative, he can play probably. So the uh, Sounders are losing only Arriaga, who is with uh, Ecuador. Uh, Portland is losing Polo, Ma Minnesota, Lot, Gregus, Camara, and Metanir, mm. LAFC, Rodriguez, Rossi, Cifuentes, and Palacios, and the Quakes, Lopez, who scored a beautiful goal and then an own goal this weekend. <laughs> By the way, the conference semifinals is not only November 29th, it could be December 1st or 2nd as well for the East but and the West. Yeah, but the, that's going uh, to be for the top two seeds who aren't playing until the 24th. Because they're waiting, exactly. They're waiting the rival from the playing. Yeah, for the playing games to give them as much, uh, as much uh, recovery as possible. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the way I would read that. Would you guys say LAFC has the biggest challenge just based on the numbers? And based, based on, on the, the fact absence. they don't do well, they don't play, they don't do well in Seattle, at least not this year. I mean, they, they lost both their matches in Seattle. They've only won one match on the road the whole season, LAFC. So it's just, you know, that's, uh, that's not a spot where they uh, generally have success. Yeah. Hold on one second. Just going back to what you were saying. If New York City, okay, if New York City beats Orlando, all right, they play the winner of the Philadelphia and the lower-seeded play-in winner, okay? So that means that Philadelphia would have to play, is playing what, on the 24th? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then New York City, if they wind up playing Philadelphia, would have a three-day advantage over Philly, so they're going to make them play as far, they're probably on December 1st or 2nd as opposed to yeah. November 29th. Yeah, that could be. So when do they, so the, we just have dates, but not opponents, obviously. But they, right. they, they, but they have Philadelphia playing the winner of blah and blah. What? There's no date attached to that. No, it says November twenty first, twenty second, or twenty fourth. Oh, okay, all right. But or, I mean, we already know that it's November twenty first for New York City, right. but we presume it's November twenty fourth for Orlando uh, for Phil Philadelphia. Philadelphia is playing the twenty fourth. Philadelphia is playing the twenty fourth at eight p.m. Right. Yeah. So they're not going to play the 20. They're not going to play the 29th. I don't think they'd play the 29th and give New York City a, yeah. you know, a that three day, uh, three day advantage. That makes sense. I just had the. Uh, yeah, you're right. For once. It happens. <laughs> noted it. Noted it. Yeah. <laughs> it's noted. Put a time. Stamp I, I, I have a timestamp timestamp. I, I have a feeling that a lot of the Western teams are going to wind up playing on the 29th early and that the Eastern teams are going to wind up playing later December 1st or 2nd because of the play in situation, hmm. unless, you know, uh, unless Toronto and Philly get eliminated and then, you know, anything, anything can happen. But All actually right. the other, no, actually the other teams are playing late too. So nah, nah, never mind. They're playing late. Give me your guys. Let's wrap it on this. Give me, give me your early predictions. Who's coming out of the East and who's coming out of the West? Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I, no, we got to wait for the next podcast, man. Yeah, exactly. I need to I study agree. more, Tom. I need to study more. All right, we'll do it next podcast. Let's, let's just close with this then. Uh, I think everybody knows that uh, by this time that Dometoren is not anymore the coach in Flamengo. So Rogero Seni is going to be his replacement. And, and he, he was with the job, what, six hours after Dome was announced out of the team? <laughs> so, 
Well, is, he the U20 is he the U20 coach? No. no. You don't know who Ruggiero Saini is? No, I, well, I did, but the last thing I read was that he was being replaced by the U20 coach. So they've uh, already, for, they've uh, already said, forget it, we're just... No, the U20 Saini. coach, no, because they're playing tomorrow. Okay. So Saini was, until now, the coach in, in Fortaleza. He's not going to coach there anymore because he accepted already the job with Flamengo. <laughs> Well, you'd have we'll to see that was that one that was, was in the works for a while then, you know? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Plus, Rogero Sene is an idol, an icon in the team of Flamengo. So well, that's, that's tough for Doma. He was having a pretty good run. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, everybody should go to John's Twitter. He uh, John put out the uh, statistical uh, Dome Toronto. However many matches, it wasn't many, as it turns out, uh, that he coached and, and what the results were, where he was in the standings, where uh, they are in Copa, and what were the two, uh, the, the two uh, tournaments? Uh, the Brasileirao, uh, the Copa Brazil, yeah. and yeah. the Copa Libertadores. Libertadores, yeah. yeah. Hey, John, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't mention about Seni that uh, what made him famous. One of the uh, top goal scorers. As a yeah. goalkeeper, yeah. He, took, he was a goalkeeper, and he took basically every free kick and every penalty for them. Yeah, he has 65 goals in his career, <laughs> being a he goalkeeper. Deadly. And, I, and, I, had to, and deadly. I had to correct myself because he wasn't an idol in Flamengo. He was idol in Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. 65 goals? Yeah. Yes. Right, go, go, look up his, go, go look up on YouTube, Rogero, Rogero, Rogero Senni's goals. Go, go look him up. He is an artist of free kicks. Like we're, we're talking Pulo-esque. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he's up there. It's same level. Same level. I mean, and the thing is, is that when you no, had a guy no that, that was... No esque like with New York City when he had... No, 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 no. no. He only got goal. one goal and that was I, I thought that and didn't say it, John. I was just trying to, I was trying to create some peace for Pirlo as he tries to I, figure it out at Juventus. I had no filter. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we know that. <laughs> so, John, how did they normally defend when Senny was all the way up taking free kicks, you know, five yards outside the box? Yeah. So nine guys in the wall, the goalkeeper and the boss behind and the ball comes in. <laughs> <laughs> you just put one. You just put a quick guy at, at the halfway line. That's all. You just put a quick guy there. The funny part was that it never mattered because he normally scored. He scored. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he could just walk it back to goal. So Dominic our expectation, I think, as a group is uh, we'll be welcoming him back to the United States at some point. So we'll three, uh, we'll see. Three vacancies, no? There's Pardon? Three, there's three teams looking for coach. Yeah. Yes, there are. DC United, Atlanta, mm-hmm. LA, Galaxy. Galaxy. I feel pretty strongly that Atlanta United has spoken to him at some point, not maybe today or yesterday, but uh, at some point during the uh, time that uh, Dome originally uh, departed New York City FC, as they were wondering about what they might do with Frank DeBoer or not. But, uh, and now DeBoer's gone. He's gone. Coach of the Netherlands. It's incredible that he got fired That's from a pretty Atlanta. Good... I mean, it's incredible. Listen, I mean, you think about this. He got fired from Atlanta with cause, okay, because the team was playing horrifically with him. And that, Got him a chance to to coach the Dutch national team. It well, just you know, makes no sense. You know, there's rumors, right, in Europe. I mean, even pieces written that he wasn't fired from Atlanta. 
that he had that in uh, in the works with 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 uh, with the Netherlands national team because uh, Barcelona was hiring Koeman and then they need someone and they were looking for him. Hmm. Well, he got the job. I know. One way or another. Still searching. Yeah. Well, United out of the playoffs first time ever. And he, and he hey, faced Tata Martino to debut. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's and then, and then this New York city, Orlando matchup is, it's, it's pretty intriguing just from the standpoint. It's Orlando's first playoff game. And they're going to go against the team that they played first ever right. in 2015. So It's a rivalry game. I mean, because yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it always has been Orlando and New of York course. City have always been rivalry games. They will forever be tied together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It's like right there, just after the Red Bulls. You want to call Toronto? Fine. And then it's Orlando. Orlando's there, and maybe even more so than Toronto, although Toronto and New York City have that playoff history. So, uh, two words, two words. Yeah. Mix Discaroot. That's it, baby. Yeah. Or the first one ever. It's <laughs> a good goal. The only, the only thing important. <laughs> Say what? The only important thing. Mix, right. is still, mix is still mixing it up. In, where is he in? He's in a he Scandinavian was, country playing. I, I don't know. He was in South one. Korea for a long time. Uh, so he's still a Man City player. Yes, he is. He's still owned by Man City? Yes. Yeah. They own his contract, yeah. That doesn't Boy. mean he's ever going to play for them, but I he think owns that guy own got an even longer contract than Alex Rodriguez when he moved out of Texas. <laughs> okay, by the way, he's playing for Helsingborgs <laughs> IF. So is that that's uh, Sweden? That's his uh, current team, yes. Okay. Uh, oh. Let me make sure it's Sweden. Yeah, uh, no. I would think so. <laughs> yes. It's got that Sweden. Sound. It is. Especially out of his <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Yeah, especially the way I say it, yeah. <laughs> uh, the best, the best A little combination of English and Spanish in there to pronounce a Swedish word. There you go. The best... Mixed discrete story was when Roberto one time we were walking out of uh, Yankee Stadium was trying to convince him that he should move to Washington Heights. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way mixed discrete is going to live in Washington Heights. <laughs> Where was he living? I don't know. Roberto was Manhattan. trying to convince him to buy a place in Washington Heights, and it was hilarious. That guy's got to be living in Manhattan, right? Yeah, he's living he, in was, he was. He was living. Yeah. Well, but he was looking at the time. He was looking for a place. Yeah, he was. So I just suggested Washington because Heights. nobody nobody thinks about this area, but that's fine. It's a great great place to live and great value. It's, it well, Washington Heights is still You're just jealous way. because I was doing real estate before you were. That's, that's all. true. That is true. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. True story. True story. One another stories of Miss Discaro. I have a hoodie, uh, one piece of a brand that he was promoting. <laughs> it's a really good piece. <laughs> what brand? One piece. Oh, one piece. Yeah. Got it. Got it. A one right. piece hoodie? How many how many pieces are a hoodie generally? Or no, no, one, they piece one piece is the brand. One, brand piece, is the brand. one piece is the brand, Glenn. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I only know EMS. Uh, EMS Express and uh what else do I like? That's about it. You ever heard of Adidas? Children's Place. You ever heard of Nike? Well, I, Under Armour? I, I mean, Puma? I've worn Nike and Adidas 
probably 80% of my life during each day. So, but exactly. I'm, you know, one thing about not being a full-time uh, coach now, it's, uh, I you can expand your wardrobe be a little more casual. Yeah. I'll still never forget the first time I was with Tom. We were at Gillette. We were doing the first New York City, New England game. I have no idea what the result was. All I remember <laughs> is discovering the EMS store, Eastern Mountain Sports. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we've been together ever since. There you go. <laughs> He's kept that place in business. <laughs> all right. So listen, we all have homework for next week, and that is to review all the matchups because we're going to go through We're going to pick every game. Uh-oh. We're going to pick our eventual winner. So you guys and everybody listening to the podcast uh, this week, do your homework. We'll go through it together next week. Uh, Glenn, where can people follow what you're up to and uh, what's going on with the coaching Academy? The coaching Academy. That's on Sirius XMFC. Um, this week I'm running some clips from Matt Miazga spoke to, I, and I, I relayed that to you guys on the, on the last show. Um, and I, I thought it was a great chat and he's got some good coaching things because he's being coached by, Imagine Vincent company. You're a center back trying to, uh, you know, make it in this world and become the, um, you know, the number one right central defender for uh, the U S men's national team. And Vincent company is your tutor. I think that's pretty good. So uh, some good stuff there with me, I'm at Glenn Crooks. I'll be trying to find as many of the New York city types over the next couple of weeks for interviews and post them and, all that other stuff, and maybe we could sneak one on the Soccer in the City podcast. Who knows? Who? That's not yeah. a, a tip. I don't. I don't have any lead on that. I'm, but we're trying. <laughs> Sounds it's unconfirmed. Good. It's not confirmed. No. All right, Roberto. <laughs> All right. Don't forget on Thursday, and I'm really looking forward to this at uh, two forty-five p.m. The United States national team with all the young Europeans, except for one, which is Sebastian uh, Leggett, who uh, flew from the L.A. Galaxy uh, to replace Josh Sargent, uh, plays Gareth Bale and Wales. So uh, don't miss that. That game's going to be on FS1 in English, Unimas Duden in Spanish. And let's see how the kids look. I'm looking to – it's going to be great to have Reina and um, – and everybody else, uh, you know, together, all the young kids that have been playing so well in Europe. So uh, we're definitely looking uh, all forward. All these great young kids that you, whose names you can't remember. That's good, man. Uh, <laughs> I just need some more coffee, I think. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, with you. I'm with you. I'm fading, too. It's not even. What time is it? Well, you want Serginio Dest? And we're going to see. We're going to see him. As, uh, McKinney. McKinney. Wells is playing with other coach. Remember. Oh, yeah. Remember. No Ryan Giggsy. Ryan Giggsy. Yeah, not happening. Anyway, you can listen uh, to our, well, our broadcast is going to be in Spanish on nycfc.com slash radio when we get to, when we get to see, um, you know, well, we already have the time, right? At 11.45 on the 21st, Glenn will have it in English. Obviously, I'll be with Ariel Judas in Spanish and John supporting both of us from afar uh, with great information. And I'd like to thank John publicly for that. So uh, otherwise, you guys can all follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz, and you can follow me on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial. And uh, please don't forget to go on Apple Podcasts, which you can go, get to through uh, iTunes uh, or Apple Music now, as it's called. And uh, please rate and review the podcast. We'd love for you to share it and tell your friends how wonderful we are or 
even if you don't like it, share it anyway, and maybe they have better opinion of us than they do. But um, let us know, and, and please do that because uh, it's important for all of us. All right, John Rojas. Hey, hey John, before you go, mm-hmm. I think an interesting part, you because you mentioned no gigs uh, for Wales in this U.S. match. And did you see uh, Jose Mourinho is not, uh, he's very concerned about yes. Gareth Bale. Yes. I thought this was pretty interesting because there's an assistant coach for Arsenal who's also an assistant coach at Wales. Two? <laughs> well, I, I just know Albert. Uh, oh, physical, training, physical training and assistant coach. Okay. And so Jose. Yeah. Jose said, you know, he normally uh, when Giggsy is leading it, he'll talk to Giggsy and they'll talk about, you know, you know, the condition of players in and everything. And he doesn't expect that sort of communication. And he I forget his exact words, but it was like he's very concerned how they'll uh, how they'll handle Gareth Bale. Yeah. 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 He criticized the fact that uh, a coach that is working for a team that is his rival is coaching yeah. to a national team because then. Yeah. Coaches of the national team level won't understand and will help uh, the t- the clubs. And I mean, you know, there's some truth on that. He has a point. I, I agree. It's, I think he has yeah, a point. I mean, you 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 will think that everybody is uh, very professional and trying to do their best, having the full picture in their minds. But he has a point. Yeah, he should never be put in that position to have to wonder about that. I mean, you think that they're going to do everything fine and above board, but that should never be an issue. It should never. It should never be. Mm-hmm. Nice gig if you can get it, though. An <laughs> assistant in the EPL, and then uh, you know you go to back to your home country and assist with your full team. I like for that. A, for a couple of times in in South America in a few teams, it happened that the national team coach was at the same time coach of one club during the regular, you know, under the season. Hmm. But I, I think no. even in the U.S. national team, I, th- I believe that there have been assistants who have who have oh, yeah. assisted with uh, with the coach as well. Not you know not head coaches, but assistant coaches. I don't know if on like a full time basis and that sort of thing. I don't know if on a full time basis, though, but I mean there could be. But I just you know sometimes they get invited in during the breaks, right? You know to help out in situations or. Um, but I don't know. That's 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 homework. Go ahead, Roberto. Add that to your list. <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> Don, where can people follow you? Jay Rojas eight seven five, and that is on Twitter. All right. I follow am, him. Follow, follow all me. these people. Follow everybody. Follow Tom. Everybody. All right. I will. I haven't followed tweet every so guys. often, Tom. Huh? Come on, tweet. Uh, well, once in a while, I just have to follow all you guys. Though that's enough homework for me. All right. I'm at C Colker for Glenn, Roberto, and John. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.